Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Yoga is, of course, a very familiar word today, um, but not everyone is aware that it really refers to oneness, union, or unity, and it means bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our spiritual nature, and then, of course, to live in harmony with that, knowing the truth of what we are and living in the highest way. And today's topic is perfect for that, the yamas, yogic keys to enlightened leadership. The classical text of yoga philosophy and practice, Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, gives us five ethical guidelines for spiritually conscious and fulfilled living. These are called the yamas, or the restraints. And these yamas for for daily living, enlightened living, also can give us a really strong foundation for enlightened leadership when they're practiced with wisdom-guided discernment. The yamas show us how to live today in order to create the future we would like for ourselves, for our children, grandchildren, and the world. And joining us today is Reverend Lakshmi Barcel. She has taught integral yoga in the tradition of Sri Swami, Sri Swami Satchidananda for over 30 years. Besides teaching Hatha Yoga, meditation, and pranayama, and serving as spiritual director for silent retreats, Reverend Barcel teaches specialized teacher trainings such as their Raja Yoga and meditation teacher trainings and ongoing scripture classes on Bhagavad Gita and Turukural 
She has a PhD in linguistic anthropology and presently serves as Yogaville's Director of Program Development and Advertising. To find out more about uh, Yogaville, it's very simple, yogaville.org. Welcome, Lakshmi. I'm so delighted you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Oh, likewise. I'm really happy to be with you and and uh, talking to you about the yamas. Thank you. Before we begin our conversation, let's just take a moment for a short centering meditation. When we explore the ethical restraints in yoga, they're all based in the knowledge that there is only one reality, that we are not separate from the divine source and substance of all life. Everyone, everything is divinely connected in the one. So let our meditation this morning be a connection to remembering that one reality that is called by many names and is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right now, this divine reality is present. So we simply move our attention from the periphery into the center of our being. And you can do that with your breath. So simple. Simply breathe in and draw your attention within. Breathe out and relax. When we pause for a moment like this, a moment of reflection, a moment of remembrance, a moment of connection, we can touch our essential nature that is beyond words and thoughts. And when we do, peace arises within us. Let's invite that peace now to pervade our mental field, our emotional nature, our physical body. Let's inwardly agree to abide in this inner peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Paramahansa Yogananda said, Every tomorrow is determined by every today. Is really a good summary of why the yamas or the ethical guidelines from the Yoga Sutra are so important. Those ethical guidelines are non-violence or non-harming, truthfulness, non-stealing, right use of our energy or our vital force, non-acquiring or non-attachment. And these offer powerful insights for us into how to consciously relate to others, give us important keys for dharmic living and thriving relationships taken together and they also form a strong foundation for enlightened leadership. And um, 
We are approaching in the year ahead the centennial celebration of the life and work of Sri Swami Satchidananda. So we're also going to look today at the guidelines from the Yamas as revealed in his life, his teachings, and the leadership he demonstrated. Born in India in 1914, Sri Swamiji was a disciple of Swami Shivananda of the Divine Life Society. From the time of his initiation into monkhood in 1949 until his Mahasamadhi in 2002, Sri Swamiji worked tirelessly for the cause of world peace. After coming to the U.S. in 1966, he founded Integral Yoga and eventually the Satchidananda Ashram and Yogaville located in central Virginia. So, Lakshmi, let's begin in the in the beginning, in the traditional place of looking at the yamas, uh, looking at the virtue restraint of ahimsa, the foundation of all the others. Um, and as I mentioned in the meditation, ahimsa pra- practice rests on the awareness of our oneness with all of life. And you have written a wonderful article about it in your Integral Yoga magazine, The Spring Issue, um, this year, and you called Ahimsa the great portal into the spiritual life that can take us from bondage to liberation. So tell us how you see the full meaning of Ahimsa. Well, Ahimsa, like you were saying, uh, it's, it's, a pra- it's one of the yoga practices that brings us to the ultimate goal of yoga, which is to realize who we really are to realize our true self, to become established in our divine nature. So and it's, it's such an amazing practice. It's a practice of non-injury, not hurting others. So you, you begin, at the, at the, you begin with, with stopping your actions that injure others. And this is very important, our relationship with the world. And others can be people. It can be animals. It can be um, other. Uh, it can be the environment. It, it could be everything that you come in contact with—a door, uh, you know, a, a, uh, anything that you touch and, and, and interact with. This is what Ahimsa brings us to. And then we start with our actions, and then we start expanding a mind, our mind, to say, "Oh, you know, if I do it this way." then that might injure somebody later on. I need to pick up after myself. I need to not put these, these sharp objects in the way of small children. You know, we start expanding our consciousness. We start bringing it to, to a level of from action into words, from words into thoughts, until our entire life permeates with this feeling of, of respect for all all of creation, mm-hmm. respect for others, caring about others, caring about the welfare of others. Our emphasis in life shifts from the selfish I, me, and mine to an expanding out uh, into, inner, you know, into taking care of everything else. And even if you, have, you don't even understand what God is, what divine is, or you don't even want to think about it. This action of non-injury, non-violence toward others will, will align you with who you really are. 
Mm. It will bring you into that state of mm. um, of expanded consciousness. And I think, um, thank you, such a beautiful introduction um, that you've offered us. And I and I think that. Um, you know, we could even begin uh, the practice of ahimsa, ahimsa in a sense for selfish um, purposes. <laughs> His Holiness the Dalai Lama said, sometimes we begin our spiritual practice um, of, of selfish selflessness. <laughs> in other words, we, we, we begin it because we, we want to have the benefit of the practice. And, you know, one of the first understandings of ahimsa, of course, is that we, we are connected to everyone and everything. So we, we cannot harm someone else um, or harm the environment, you know, which we're seeing so much today, um, without it coming back to us. And so in, in a sense, we can begin um, out of a, even a selfish desire of, of wanting um, to have a better life. Um, but as we begin to practice, just as you've described, you know, um, we begin to become more aware of the truth of our being, um, which is the goal of yoga. Tell us about um uh, Sri Swami Satchidananda and how his his life um, in so many ways exemplified this virtue of ahimsa in the way that he um, he was so engaged in service. Swami Satchidananda was the personification of non-injury, and yes, his life was he was a, his life he lived a dedicated life, uh, a life. Uh, of service, constantly, constantly, night and day. Every breath he took was for the service of others. Everything he did was for the service of others. He was our example, and and also he put forth many ideas, many um, oh, many projects that that helped so many. But the thing what he, what was so remarkable remarkable about him and Ahimsa was that. There wasn't a word he said that he didn't have the forethought to think is this going through a filter of not injuring someone else. Is this going to injure someone or is it going to help someone? Is this Hatha yoga that I teach, is it going to hinder someone or help someone? Could somebody injure themselves by practicing this asana that I give them? So this is the way he thought. He, he did this automatically. He did this with everything that he did, mm. and uh, from the you know from the very minutest thing to the most grandiose thing, he always had in mind the welfare of others, and not just in the moment. How it, how the ramifications of what you're saying right now will have on others, and mm. you could tell. You could just see him just. Uh, processing things. Once my husband, this is very early days, early 1970s, my husband was going to put together a little uh, article for the magazine, and he knew that Swami Satchitananda had had some sort of background in in homeopathy and naturopathy. So he said, uh, I came in, and he said, Gurudev, I'd like to interview you about homeopathy. And he said, oh, and what are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to put it in a magazine, just like the some major, some, you know, sort of guidelines or points about mm. homeopathy. And he says, what is the, pub, the public going to do, you know, who knows nothing about homeopathy, going to do with a few facts about homeopathy? Mm-hmm. And he said, mm-hmm. well, 
uh, uh, use it in the wrong way and hurt themselves? And he goes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he said, thank you, Grid. <laughs> he, he, he exited the room quickly. You know, he would not give out any information that he felt could somehow, in some way, be construed to hurt, hurt somebody and have them, or have them hurt themselves. So you're really um, helping us um, take a look at the fulfillment of ahimsa. You know, we begin at the gross level, you know, of not causing physical harm. And then as you as you said, um, you know, and then we, we watch our speech um, and we look at our thoughts. And then behind that, <laughs> behind that is, is the even more subtle, um, but its fulfillment is, you know, what is our intention and what is the trajectory of our thoughts, our speech, and our actions. And um, the fulfillment of ahimsa, of non-harming, of course, is compassion, and it is um, helping. It is um, being constructive, you know, having our our thoughts, our speech, our actions, be able to lift others up and contribute to to peace and to, and to well-being. Um, so we can sort of understand why it is that ahimsa is such a strong foundation for all the other yamas. Um, and the next one, of course, is satya or truthfulness. And it's been described um, as, in a sense, the second wing of the bird. That Absolutely. You, you, have to, you have to have ahimsa and satya together. You know, I, I know sometimes when I'm teaching, we get to truthfulness and the importance of living your truth and speaking your truth. Um, beginning students, you know, will often think, oh boy, you know, I get to go <laughs> say what's on my mind. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but... Um, that is where the connection, you know, comes in between ahimsa and satya. So, tell us a little bit about your your thoughts about satya and the and the benefits um, for for those who embrace this virtue. Yes, they're so intertwined: satya and ahimsa, truth and non-injury. Um, you cannot have truth. You cannot have satya without without having ahimsa. If your, if your truth hurts someone, then it's not the truth that you want to be embracing. Now, when we say satya, satya is actually with a capital S. It's like the real truth, the big truth, is, uh, is, is, is that which is beyond all the dualities of this plane of existence. The big truth is that we were all one. You see? So within that one, if you can remember that, if, that, if your truth hurts someone, this doesn't mean if it hurts their feeling if you tell them the truth, because that might help somebody. You know, it's like we, we have these fragile egos. The ego can be hurt by anything, you know, or take offense at anything. But it's, it's like if your truth will do, will do something like, uh, you know, uh, Turn the Nazis against a, a Jew that's being, you know, given refuge by your neighbor. <laughs> you know, that's not the type of truth that we want to um, to be uh, embracing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I cannot tell a lie. Yes, there they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, well, you just killed somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you just yeah. killed and tortured somebody. It, it's it's like no, that's not the truth that we're we're embracing. The truth that we want to embrace is also embraces the himself. So, um, 
um, that's sort of like the full meaning for me of, of truth. And for on an individual level, truth, is, truth has always been like conducting my life in a way in which there's a transparency. Mm-hmm. Not being afraid of the truth. Not being afraid of if I do something with the best of intentions and it fails and it's all my fault and everybody knows it's my fault. I'm not going to try to sweep it under the carpet. I'm going to be there. I did it. It's my responsibility and I accept whatever whatever comes from that. Mm. So, and that's a that's a freeing way to live, isn't it? Oh, it's um, so freeing. Yeah. It's so freeing. You and you have described um, this when we learn about satya, where we also, you know, we learn to discern the distinction between absolute and relative truth, which is important. And then, of course, we um, practice living in integrity, living in harmony with the self, with the highest truth of our being, and having our our words, our speech. Um, and our deeds um, match up. When we come back from the break, we're going to continue this conversation about the yamas. We'll look at um, non-stealing and the right use of our energy. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our guest today, Reverend Lakshmi Barcel from Yogaville. You can find out more about Yogaville at yogaville.org. We'll be right back with you. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Have you asked your soul what it wants? Or are you so busy meeting the needs of everyone else? Family, friends, children, bosses, that you haven't checked in with the part of you that matters most? Janet Connor asked this question and received an answer. Your soul wants five things. That's it. Five things. Your soul wants to connect with source. Commit to values serve a purpose, express itself creatively, and last, it longs to create a beautiful, abundant life. Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that meet those needs. You can take each course separately or register for the complete Your Soul Wants Five Things series and receive $1,000 in bonuses for free. Visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your soul wants five things. Your soul will thank you. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? 
Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. You know, yoga gives us a way to experience our own fullness, you know, that is there at the core of our being and that frees us from this. Um, idea that, oh, if I just have this, if I just have that, you know, then I'm going to be happy. So um, I think, you know, one of the very, very positive um, results that we get from yoga is being freed from that treadmill, you know, of wanting more and more, which is at the base of um, of non-stealing, right? Yes, absolutely. You make such a beautiful point here. Um, it's here... We have, um, you know, we, we have to ask the question. Yoga is all about being happy. So we ask the question, is there anything on the outside that is going to make us permanently happy? And the answer is no. And why is that? Because we are happy already. That our true nature is happiness personified. Okay? So that, that's very important to remember. So whenever we reach out into the world and say, oh, this thing, this person, this job is going to make me happy, we automatically are ensuring our unhappiness. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, it's just like, because whatever will come will go. It's like we, will, we reach out. If we don't get it, we're unhappy. If we do get it, we're happy for a few minutes, maybe. And then, then we start worrying about if we're going to lose it. You know, it's, it's just like it, it's, it's a way of, it's, an, it's a, a new form of bondage. Mm-hmm. And we get bound to all of our possessions, you know, and that will introduce us to a few more of, of the yamas and niyamas, um, mm-hmm. or the last one, actually, a parigarha. Yes. But it's like, what are we stealing, you know? Uh, and why would we even want to steal? You know, and what... What Swami Satchidananda would take it to almost immediately is that he would say, if you're not beneficial to the world, then even the air that you're breathing is, is a type of stealing. You're stealing mm-hmm. it from nature. If you're not serving, he said all of nature is giving, giving, giving. If you're not a part of that giving, then, um, mm-hmm. then you're stealing. Mm-hmm. You're stealing the food and the and the air that Mother Nature is giving you. 
Because, you know, we come to see how generous life is and how we are so supported and that life really is meant to be this reciprocal relationship of receiving and giving and receiving and giving. And um, so this non-stealing really offers us a way to begin to contemplate and to see, you know, into the the heart of that, that, um, you know, the, the only integrity for us is to, is to give back and that our life really becomes service. And, and Swamiji, of course, exemplified that. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how um, in its fulfillment, non-stealing really becomes seva and how you saw that in Swamiji's life. His whole life was all about giving, and he taught us to, to give. He would say, the dedicated ever experience supreme peace, so therefore live only to serve. So he wanted us to live a life of, of discipline, dedication, and devotion, and to dedicate ourselves to the service of others. So his life was all about that. It's It's like... He, but he he wouldn't just force his his service on others. He would wait until people asked, and if they would ask, he would give the answer. If they, uh, the one thing that he really was very interested in doing, you know, which people was was the interfaith work that he did. He he saw that he saw the unity in all religions, and in all faiths, and in all people. So he he. He, from from the minute that he, he entered into public life, which began in, actually in Sri Lanka, he began uh, working with different faiths to show them that they had more in common than they had different uh, differences going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be one example. But he also, uh, he would when his students would come to him with questions, and then they would say, you know, I would like to do, you know, to 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 do more research about the, you know, heart disease or cancer and how yoga might help. He would give them the tools and then send them out into the world to do it. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of his service was by serving serving his students and then they would go out and with their tools. It would be like he would take a lump of clay and here, here's, the, here's yoga. I'm putting this in your hands. You take it out and make something beautiful out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how his his service uh, was often mm-hmm. to create uh, the foundation for others to create beautiful things. Mm-hmm. So he he blessed other lives through his example and also uh, through helping them see how um, they could uh, live their yoga in their in their field and what they were aspired. Um, to do now, it seems you know when we we talk about non stealing, then really becoming um, seva or selfless service, you know, um, generosity, giving back. You know, I I find um, you know for myself and for others who are on this path who who become involved in service, engaged in service, you know, one of the first things that arises is oh, <laughs> you know, how do I balance my time and my energy? And, you know, we can see people, um, you know, get so involved in the actions that they're doing um, that they lose their peace. And so it makes sense that brahmacharya follows asteya. You know, we, we think of brahmacharya 
um, the right use of our energy. And it has, you know, first people look at it in terms of our uh, sexuality, you know, um, what is the right way to use our vital force um, in relationship. Um, but it is so much bigger than that. And of course, it's a literal translation to walk with God has so much to do with how we manage our our energy. Um, so what do you see, you know, in terms of you, you've been practicing for, for over 30 years, uh, Lakshmi, and how, how have you found this um, uh, yama of brahmacharya to be helpful to you? Well, brahmacharya was, was, is presented because we have attachments and we have things out there in the world that we think are going to make us happy. So you can lose prana, you can lose vital energy by overeating, overworking, too much stress because we have these attachments, too much sleep, too little sleep. Again, we're all doing these things because we think they're going to make us happy. Too much fasting, no recreation, or too much recreation in the form of partying. All of this saps our vital energy. So it's like letting go of the attachment, living a selfless life, living a life for others, and you become peaceful. Mm. And in that peace, you retain your, your vital energy. That's a beautiful description. And, you know, when I think about what happens if we get overzealous, you know, in our, in our seva and we lose our balance, it's really because ego has become involved. Um, you know, because we think, well, I'm going to do this. I have to do this. Nobody but me can do it. (laughs) You know, Um, know, whatever is in there, you know, that causes that kind of, um, pushing, um, beyond the limits that are, that are, um, healthy for us. Us. But yoga is all about balance. And um, so it really can help us, you know, as we move into service to understand that, um, you know, the goal is peace, you know, peace in our minds, peace in our bodies, so we can stay connected uh, to the truth of our being and, and live healthy lives. And Swamiji um, is known for having inspired uh, many doctors uh, in the West with um, these teachings of yoga um, to help people bring these practices um, into their lives to support their health and well-being. Uh, Dr. Dean Ornish, of course, is one example about how um, he learned um, in his work with Swamiji about lifestyle changes um, that can be helpful to people. So tell us a little bit about that. About Dean Ornish? Mm, or, well, just about how Swamiji, um, you know, inspired um, doctors uh, in the West to be looking more holistically at lifestyle changes um, that we can have to to help us live healthy lives. Yes. Well, it, I mean, it started. Dean went to, went to uh, Swami Satchidananda and uh, and said, "I want to be able to show that yoga can help people with heart disease." And and Gurudev said, okay, here we go. This is what you do. And he, he gave him the plan of, uh, um, of how, how to work with it. And then another student, Mitra Lerner, he, he started working with the same format but with cancer. Uh, Gurudev would go and he'd speak to, to medical people. And he started, so these, these ideas started permeating out into society. You know, that diet you know, and in fact, vegetarian diet has a big thing, 
I have a big deal to do, proper exercise, hatha yoga. It's just like more and more we're, we're finding out the incredible uh, power of hatha yoga and how it's used, how it's, um, uh, you know, what it does for the body, how it puts things into balance, uh, how it frees up blocked energy. Um, it, it's like, but, if, but the most important thing is the mind and calming the mind and looking at our selfish attachments, just like I described with, with the loss of vital energy. And, uh, and all of these things have been, been, are being put out into society more and more. We have a society that's really looking at stress in ways that 20, 30 years ago we never did before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yoga is really at the forefront of that. Um, my guru, Roy Eugene Davis, often talks about um, the importance of holistic living and in a way that is, of course, what yoga is, um, having a healthy lifestyle um, so that we can have peaceful mind and healthy body. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest today, Reverend Lakshmi Barcel from Yogaville. And you can find out more about programs there at yogaville.org. And we'll be right back with you in just a few moments. In jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous. And at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions. Find us on Facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Hello, 
Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and my guest today is Reverend Lakshmi Barcel from Yogaville. And we've been um, taking a short tour through the yamas, or the restraints um, that are offered as the first limb um, in the eight limbs of a yoga practice. Uh, we've talked about uh, ahimsa, non-harming, satya, uh, truthfulness, uh, non-stealing, right use of our vital force. And this last one we're going to look at of the five is uh, non-acquiring or non-attachment, aparigraha. Um, this graha means to to grasp and pari means things <laughs> and so apari graha literally means not to grasp things and Lakshmi you, you have already um, spoken a bit about that this morning about how our attachment to things um, causes a, causes us not you know to see clearly right and to not use our energy um, correctly so tell us a little bit about how you understand um, this virtue of apari graha Yes, well, you actually mentioned, uh, you quoted Gandhi earlier about saying, uh, you know, to pursue your needs is good, but, you know, we can't, we can't meet all of the greeds that everyone has. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is about greed. This is sometimes tra- also translated as non-greed. Uh, non-grasping, it, it sort of brings our mind to physical things. Uh, but there's this internal counterpart to it. Of the greed that, that you know, this desiring, uh, you know, to, this desiring more, and again, it's all about wanting to be happy by acquiring things, by getting things, or, you know, uh, the other side of it, of course, is to push things, you know, away that we don't want. Uh, mm-hmm. That isn't really part of a parigraha, but a, a parigraha is the one pulling things toward us and mm-hmm. wanting to be happy through getting something, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, you know. But it's it's that attachment, it's that it's that false belief that we are the mind and the body. It's that mm-hmm. false belief that thinking that that we're not being taken care of already, that we mm-hmm. have to we have to do something to make ourselves happy, that we're mm-hmm. not happy already. Mm-hmm. And that, and, go ahead. I was just going to say, basically, the belief um, that we are incomplete, yeah. um, that we are incomplete, that drives this um, wanting to acquire something, you know, whether it is something physical or it's a name and fame, um, it, wanting to acquire because there's a sense of incomplete, being incomplete without something added on. And, of course, that is grounded in, you know, what yoga calls the primary uh Error of avidya, you know, not knowing that we are already complete, you know, as as you have already um, described um, for us. Um, so, and one thing I'd like to add at this point is that uh, yoga is not about not enjoying life. You know, it, it's like yoga is about enjoying life, but we enjoy life so much better when we're not attached to things coming or going. And mm-hmm. parigraha is always is the idea of we wanting to force things to come and then hold on to them mm-hmm. because we want to hold on to our happiness. But we can enjoy things. We can enjoy events. We can enjoy our friends, our family, 
our our you know all the events in our lives, all the food and 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 uh, whatever, we can enjoy it. But when it comes, you know, you enjoy it. When it goes, you enjoy when it goes too. Mm-hmm. You know, we can enjoy fasting just as much as we can enjoy a, a nice feast. And so part of this this restraint is really looking deeply into the nature of things, you know, as you describe. The things that are finite come and they go. And grasping, you know, trying to hold on to something finite um, is a great source of suffering. You know, I once read that um, just a description that, that a monk... Um, drinks from the the crystal goblet, you know, enjoying its beauty, but he he or she already sees it uh, shattered, mm-hmm. and um, oh, and yeah, because it, it it gives us a sense of how precious too, you know, uh, our our experience is in life. You know, some people think, well, that's a little bit negative, and I'm so glad you mentioned, you know, yoga is about happiness and about enjoying life. Um, and some people think, well, that's so negative, you know, to know that that's going to break. Or, but it, but it's truth. And but no, it it's helps. not negative. It's it's what life is. <laughs> Whatever is born will die. Whatever mm-hmm. will come will, will go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a, this is this is this plane of reality. And what Gurudev would say is is, is okay. He said, get enlightened and then have fun. Don't don't leave immediately. <laughs> you know, stay as a Jeevan Mukta. And have fun with life. Enjoy. Because it's only a Jeevan Mukta, it's only an enlightened master that can really enjoy life. Because you know who you are. You know what your nature is. And then all of this this drama is just like an amusement park. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Been referred as, as God's Leela or the divine play. It is and, God's play yeah. Yeah. and if we can see, you know, that we, we are actors in the roles that we play but we are not the roles that we play you know sometimes this when we when we look at this grasping you know we the first place that we we learn to start letting go you know hopefully is at the physical level around possessions and um acquiring and grasping that way but then the practice is more subtle of course too you know not being attached to the roles that we play um uh, you know, and not being attached to our views. You know, here, here we find, um, you know, uh, where satya and aparigraha connect. You know, understanding that views are relative; um, they're not absolute truth. <laughs> so yeah. that helps us. Um, you know, not hold on so tightly to our views. You know, that we that we have to uh, argue with others and try to convince them. Absolutely. It, it, it's like, again, what are our views? There are thoughts. And somehow the ego wants to make our thoughts uh, substantial in a way. They want to make them extensions of ourselves, our egos, this individual self. We put so much importance on. And we, we, we fight over our views. We, we create wars over our views. <laughs> you know, we torture other people because of our views. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a lot of suffering comes from this false identification with, with, uh, uh, with the world. And a lot of it is, is what the ignorance in, 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 in Patanjali Yoga Sutras is defined as treating the, the 
impermanent is permanent. Mm-hmm. You know, the non-self is self. Uh, and this is what we're doing here. And, it, mm-hmm. it, and this is where the, the source of, of suffering comes from. Because we suffer because we're not in tune with our true nature, which is everyone and everything. And, and that ocean of peace, which is within our own hearts. And the joy that we can experience, uh, um, that you have touched on throughout the program, coming back to it again and again, and your your guru's um, very name sort of gives us the formula, doesn't it? Um, Satchitananda, that um, there it is, the, the truth of our being. Uh, and Ananda Bliss is uh, right there at the core of our being, and we can find it as we practice the yamas, the restraints. We learn about the truth of our being and how to live in harmony with it. It's been such a joy to have this conversation with you, Lakshmi. Thank you so much for joining for joining us. And I want to remind the listeners they can find out more about uh, programs at Yogaville and about the upcoming centennial celebrations of Swamiji's life and teachings. So go to yogaville.org. And um, next week, I'm going to be joined by Megan McDonough, CEO of Whole Being Institute. We're going to be looking at how to use our internal compass to become an unstoppable navigator of our of our highest potential. If you'd like to participate in our 21-day uh, meditation sit-a-thon, go to csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour at iTunes. Let your friends know about it on Facebook. And again, um, deep bows to our guest this morning, Reverend Lakshmi Barcel. Thank you again. We look forward to being with you next week. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house. The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. must serve a purpose. It must be part of something larger than itself, a part of humanity. If you're in harmony with this statement, you're going to want to tune in to Unity Online Radio's new show, The Traveler, Healing Journeys Through Music, with Kathy DeWitt, Minister of Music at Unity of Gainesville, Florida, musician in residence at Shands Hospital, and international consultant for the Global Alliance for Arts and Health. You'll hear stories and songs about the healing power of music and meet folks who have been on both ends of it. Join us, join in, and share memories of your own meaningful musical moments, Fridays at 1 p.m. Central Time. Music must serve a purpose. It must be part of something larger than itself a part of humanity. If you're in harmony with this statement, you're going to want to tune in to Unity Online Radio's new show, The Traveler, Healing Journeys Through Music, with Kathy DeWitt, Minister of Music at Unity of Gainesville, Florida, musician in residence at Shands Hospital, and international consultant for the Global Alliance for Arts and Health. You'll hear stories and songs about the healing power of music and meet folks who have been on both ends of it. Join us. Join in and share memories of your own meaningful musical moments, Fridays at 1 p.m. Central Time. Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you. But the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.
Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today 